Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 208 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you and your ways. May we learn more of you today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's see what Mark chapter 2 has for us today. Jesus heals the paralytic who was let down through the ceiling of a house. Verse 5 says, And when Jesus saw their faith, their confidence in God through him, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven you and put away. That is, the penalty is remitted. The sense of guilt removed and you are made upright and in right standing with God. Here's what stood out to me today on this story. His faith, the man's faith, put him in a position to receive forgiveness, right standing with God, and healing. Faith in Jesus is a superpower. May our faith be strengthened today as we read the word and meditate on him. Then Jesus chose Matthew, the tax collector, to be his disciple. He was a sinful man and lived among other sinners. Yet Jesus chose him to be in his inner circle. We don't have to be perfect to be used by God. We simply have to accept the call. We are made perfect by Jesus' blood, and the Lord will continue to bring us up higher as the word tells us. Let's not worry that we aren't good enough to serve God. Instead, let us make sure we don't miss the call. Well, let's see what Paul is teaching in Romans chapter 9. Yesterday, Paul wrote about how we can never be separated from God. Today, he writes about his sorrow that some of his Israelite brethren were separated. He even goes so far as to write that he would accept being banished from Christ if it meant it would save all the Israelites. He is truly saddened about his people not accepting Christ. He writes about Abraham and the promise from God that he would have a child through which his descendants would be too many to count. This was done by God because God desired it to be so. We are the clay that is molded by our creator. He has the right to do with us as he pleases. Verse 17 tells us that God had a plan for Pharaoh to raise him up with a hardened heart so that God could show his glory through all the miracles he did. I, for one, am thankful that Pharaoh's destiny was not my own. Verse 18 says, So then he has mercy on whomever he will choose, and he hardens, makes stubborn and unyielding the heart of whomever he will. We can fall, we can fall on our knees today and be thankful the Lord chose us to know him and worship him. This is an act of mercy and has nothing to do with our effort. We can, however, make every effort to serve him as he asks us to do. We can also pray that the Lord will keep our hearts soft toward him and keep us seeking him. We may feel an extra burden as we read this chapter, but Paul ends it with verse 33, which says, As it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone that will make men stumble, a rock that will make them fall. But he who believed in him, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, shall not be put to shame nor be disappointed in his expectation. This is what we can do. We can believe in God's Son and believe he died for us, just like the paralyzed man believed in Jesus and it was counted as righteousness, and just like Abraham's faith was counted as righteousness. Let us believe. Let's see what's happening with the Israelites in chapters 9 and 10. Two days after the festival of the tabernacles, the people gathered together in full repentance. They fasted, wore burlap clothes, and poured dirt on their heads, signifying that they were no longer concerned with worldly desires but sincerely desired to serve God. The book of the law was read for a quarter of the day, and then they confessed and worshiped God for the other quarter of the day. Then Ezra prayed to God. First, he praised him for being the creator of the universe and everything in it. 
Then he recited God's faithfulness to the people through Abram, Moses, and the deliverance from captivity. He confessed their descendants' ways and stiff necks against God, even though God was faithful. He acknowledged that God had sent prophets who were ignored and God dealt appropriately with the people. At the end of the chapter, the Israelites want to enter into a new covenant with the Lord. In chapter 10, the people make their pledges, and there are a lot of them. They have learned what God called them to as his people, and they are willing to comply with his law. I love how God supported them in their task to rebuild the walls so they could worship him in private. I love how God called them to celebrate him, be joyful, and be cared for by him. Finally, he called them to obedience, and they were happy about it. That's how God works in our lives. He loves on us, and then we are called to obedience because we have the desire to be obedient to the one who loves us. Let's see what Psalm chapter 27 will teach us today. This is a powerful psalm. David starts out writing the Lord is his light and his salvation, so who should he fear? One commentary about the circumstances surrounding the psalm is that David wrote this when he heard of his son Absalom's death. King David was basically in hiding to stay safe while a war was waged between his supporters and his son's supporters. On the one hand, he must have been thankful that his side won, and on the other hand, he mourned his son's death. Life is much like this, where there are moments of jubilee and suffering intertwined with one another. There are a few Bible verses which are underlined in my Bible. The first one is verse 4, which says, One thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek, inquire for, and insistently require, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life, to behold and gaze upon the beauty, the sweet attractiveness, and the delightful loveliness of the Lord, and to meditate, consider, and inquire in his temple. David's most precious moments were spent in God's presence. He was fully satisfied in God's presence. May we seek to spend time in God's presence as well. Verse 8 says, You have said, Seek my face, inquire for, and require my presence as your vital need. My heart says to you, Your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for, and require of necessity and on the authority of your word. Jesus tells us to seek and we will find. King David knew the importance of seeking God. He was told by God himself to seek him. Again, may we seek the Lord and find him as Jesus tells us we will. Lastly, verse 14 says, wait and hope for and expect the Lord. Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Even though we seek the Lord, we must be patient. We may not immediately receive the answers we seek, but Jesus and King David assure us that we will find him. We will find the Lord as we seek him, wait on him and hope in him. Our hope is in the Lord. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more about you and your ways today. May our hearts continue to seek you and learn more about you. May we continually sit at your feet inquiring of you and may your gentle whispers reach our hearts. Help us be obedient to you in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.